Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen and you are going to hear a lot of me this week, but it's not just me you're going to hear a lot of. It's also Tempest T Wrestler. Hello, Tempest. How are you? I'm doing quite well, Luke. Like you said, this is going to be the week of Luke and Tempest. This is like our hall pass week. Both of our partners have disappeared for the time (laughs) being and now we're having a lovely little affair on our weekly podcast. Although I did listen to the SmackDown podcast where you essentially said that you don't like me. So it's it's fine. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, well, and that, that is what Pete this. inferred. It's what Pete inferred. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, you know that, that chopper part of the all yeah. authority and whatnot. I've, I've been a free agent all this time. My allegiance can't be bought. A dastardly chopper. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't seen the news, um, so Davis is back now. Um, but wearing a hat hurts his head and he's been wearing a hat on the news, but I had a call with him yesterday where he said like, yeah, it hurt after like 10 minutes. So do you think we could keep the raw podcast a bit short tomorrow? And I was like, dude, (laughs) even if we kept it short, it's going to go at minimum an hour. And he was like, yeah. So I was like, Oh, let's just ask Tempest. Let's ask Tempest to do it. I threatened him last week that he was going to have to do Raw because he was enjoying himself too much and he needs to take him down a peg or two. So like, you take take that off. In theory, he should be back tomorrow for the Backlash Prediction Show. In theory. Also in theory, he should be on the AEW review on Thursday. But I am going to put the little asterisks with cards subject to change just in case like i want to cut, I cut the vince mcmahon backlash promo being like if you look on your program you will see the words cards subject to change and austin isn't here tonight um so he should be here tomorrow but you and i are doing nxt you and i are doing smackdown this week we have got a lot of time to hang out together and i'm very excited by that I am too. Like, yes, we've got we've got Mr. Davis making his recovery from being blown up and having hair surgery and whatnot. But of course, we've also got Chopper Pete just taking the week off this week. So my side of things is much more open up. And yeah, there's there's really no one else I would rather have fill that that void this week. We get to we get to. Yeah, our our podcast last week was cut a little bit short when we were reviewing AEW. And now. We can make up for that 
We can have exactly. lovely little discussions all week. It's going to be a grand old time. It is going to be a grand old time. Yeah, Chopper has just decided he's taking a week off. And then when I asked him what he's doing, he's like, yeah, nothing. And he yeah. was like, even saying this, like, I could probably be around for the backlash predictions. And I'm like, no, no, if you're taking a week off, you'd A, take the week off. But B, why are you taking a week off then? You have nothing to do. Because actually, what you're doing, Chopper, is just giving me more work to do. I've got loads of work to do this week now. I've got to make, I've got to somehow fit in. Aside from the seven podcasts that I'm doing this week, I've got to fit in two videos to do. I've got to record a, a board game history for No Rolls Bard, and I've got to try and do my actually good video for PFK. Oh, good Lord. I tweeted Ooh. earlier this week that if you didn't pass out midstream by the end of the week, I would be surprised. And I didn't even know about the extra stuff that you had to do. Oh, and Tempest, let me let you in on a little secret. I have not written the Fiend script yet for Actually Good. Oh, mm. oh, oh, it's not written. I don't even think I've even started it. I've only just finished the D&D one. Because <laughs> oh, I wrote, uh, let me see, six pages, I think. Seven pages, in fact, I did. Um, I wrote, one second. No, I don't want to inspect. I wrote um, 4,000 words uh, on that D&D story. How lovely. I enjoyed it, <laughs> I enjoyed it though. But do you know what I didn't? Do you know, actually, I was about to say, I was going to use that as a springboard to go like, do you know what? I didn't enjoy Raw. But you know what? It was broadly fine this week. So you actually got one of the better episodes, I guess, Tempest. That says oh, a lot. Christ <laughs> almighty. If this is one of the better episodes, Legit. I feel bad for you lot. Legit. Ugh. One of the better episodes they've done in a recent while. Here is our review. Are we getting Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte Flair next? Because Alexa Bliss kind of made her actual sort of like raw return this week. I could think you could make the argument this is like a, because she's doing a lot of like these backstage segments where she's just said some stuff. Now she is actually on the stage. She sort of interfered in the match. She sort of set up some potential things, kind of like staring some people down. What is next? For Alexa Bliss, I am Luke Owen, and I'm joined by Tempest T wrestler, card subject to change, Mr. Dave, wearing a hat for too long is far too painful for him in his recovery. But you know, there's one man here who can wear a mask for over an hour, and it's absolutely fine. Thank you very much, Tempest, for filling in. Absolutely fine might be a little bit generous. As I noted on Twitter, wearing this mask is also painful in long, long sittings, but I will make that sacrifice for you, the people. Oh, look at that. What a baby face, everyone. And hey, guess what? This episode is sponsored by Wrestling GM. Now, I am a man. I've said this a lot on podcasts in the past. I'm a man who absolutely loved wrestling management simulators when i was at university which was about a hundred years ago i actually spent my time just playing a wrestling management simulator in classes it's probably why i didn't get do that i didn't do very well at university because i was actually <laughs> far too focused on my wrestling management simulator but now i'm an adult now I'm a man with free time on my hands and Wrestling Gym is here to give me that need and that want that I've had for ages to play a wrestling management sim. And this one is absolutely brilliant. You can get it for free on iPhone and Android 
all devices. The links for it are in the video description down below and our moderators are posting them for you as well. But you can book your shows. You can decide the matches, decide the outcomes, decide who your champions are going to be. You can take creative control of a wrestling company. You can manage, direct the careers of certain wrestlers within that company, hire, fire, create feuds, put on like these. Oh, it's it's so much fun. We're going to do a little bit of play to, playing of it uh, after we've done the Hyper Chats. But yeah, I'd really recommend it. It's a lot of fun. So please go and download that and thank them for sponsoring today's episode. Tell them that Wrestle Talk Podcast sent you. Right. So let's talk about Alexa Bliss. So the opening segment of this show was a six-woman tag. It was Charlotte Flair, Shayna Baszler, and Nia Jax versus Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and Asuka. And they sort of had a bit of a match. And then all of a sudden, the Firefly Funhouse music starts playing. And Alexa Bliss is on the stage on her full swing set. And as Ollie Davis put it in his review, that means that either the women in the ring saw them set up the swing set and just ignored it, or Alexa Bliss appeared from nowhere. Now, I've kind of got no issues with the latter version of that because it's the Thunderdome. You may as well do wacky stuff like that. But what did you make of Alexa Bliss just appearing on the stage? Well, before I get to that, because this is raw and there will undoubtedly be a lot of negativity, I would like to start with a positive, And that's that they started the show with a match, which seems mm -hmm. to be like maybe a one in 10 shot on a WWE show that they will actually start the show with a match. So that gets a thumbs up. That being said, people have gotten on me for not liking the Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell stuff on NXT. If you thought I didn't like that, you'll be <laughs> just blown away by how much I don't like the Alexa Bliss and the Fiend and all that sort of stuff. It was just, oh, good Lord. Like, I don't have an investment in the Alexa Bliss angle right now. I think she's playing the role entirely well. And I will say that much of this podcast will likely be me uh, saying how I feel about kind of what's going on with Raw, having not been able to uh, express those feelings on past Raws. It'll give you kind of just like a sense, like, because Alexa Bliss didn't do anything overtly wrong or in this segment or on this show and wasn't like a big part of the show but not not into it you know like i, I don't yeah. like this kind of wrestling and i don't see her rivalry with any of the people in the ring as being something that i would look forward to so it's just kind of like another thing on the show that i'm not invested in you know so Alexa Bliss's promos over the last few weeks, or particularly last week's one, was the first one where it felt like we're kind of moving this forward a little bit, which is where like uh, Lily, who is the little puppet friend that she has got, has caught the eye of someone. Like she was kind of like uh, spotted around like backstage um, and she was kind of like spotted with Sonya Deville. And she said, you know, someone has caught my eye and that is going to be like the, the first feud for this version of Alexa Bliss. And what I, I kind of, I mean, I'm going to go to bat for not all of this, I'm going to go to bat for some of this. And the thing I'm going to go to bat for is the fact that they left it very open as to who had caught Lily's eye. Because you had this match, had this weird finish where Shayna Baszler just all of a sudden fell down. And that allowed Asuka to pin Shayna Baszler. 
for starters, stop pinning Shayna Baszler. But, you know, it's, she, she's Shayna Baszler on Raw. She's not the Shayna Baszler of NXT. Different person. And there's been this kind of like, I, I didn't pick up on this until I was reading about this, you know, people's like sort of, the, you know, feelings on the show. Is that Alexa Bliss is using Lydia's on like a voodoo doll thing. And it was her, her using voodoo powers to attack Shayna Baszler and make her fall down. Because then after the match, like, you know, the camera focused on Charlotte Flair. It then focused on Baszler. It then focused on Jax. It focused on Brooke and Mandy Rose. And it focused on Asker of like, who who could it possibly, who could possibly solve this crime? Could you? And like, it, you know, it was like the 1989 Denver Broncos. And I kind of, <laughs> I kind of liked the idea of like, which one is it? Which is the person that's caught Lily's eye? Yes. As far as that goes, I do like this kind of like mystery box style of booking when they've got it in a situation like this, where that's, if you're going to have an interesting part of this, that would be at least something where you can go like, okay, is she going to feud with Charlotte? Is she going to feud with Asuka? Is she going to feud with Shayna? Etc. Etc. My only problem with that necessarily is that I don't really care regardless who it's going to be. You know, like, mm. I don't really want to see Asuka in a feud with Alexa Bliss. I don't really want to see Charlotte Flair in a voodoo magic feud with Alexa Bliss. All of these, like, combinations don't really intrigue me. So you would get, like, the nice news piece of, oh, Alexa Bliss will be feuding with so-and-so at Backlash or at Money in the Bank or whatever. But that doesn't really make me want to see it. And that's where my issue with it more kind of comes oh, yeah. from. Because, like... Yeah. Again, she's doing a very good job with the portrayal of this character, but as soon as like magic and teleportation and all this kind of stuff comes into it, I'm just like, Meh, I lose interest. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. While I said I'm going to go to bat for some of this, I cannot go to the bat. I can't say that I'm interested. I can't say that I'm excited for any of these possibilities because I'm going to pitch two ideas to you here. So idea number one, she costs Charlotte Flair the match this weekend. So, and that starts your Alexa Bliss Charlotte Flair feud, which takes Flair out of the title picture again. Although I, I would actually say that's a negative because ever since Charlotte Flair came back, all of a sudden the title picture feels interesting. And I would say she's the only interesting part of it. So there is a negative in taking her away from that. I think that says a lot about the, the booking of, of Asuka and, and Rhea Ripley, but we'll come on to that in a bit. So there's that potential. Here's my other one, though. And this is the one that I really like. So what if... She attacked Shayna Baszler, right, with voodoo magic. What if we are, like, they, and they keep saying that Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are the unstoppable force within the women's tag division. Like, no one can beat them. Not even Tamina. And there's no one meaner than Tamina. Not even she. I don't think she's going to do it this Friday. So what if this is building to Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Alexa Bliss and Lily for the women's tag team titles? And Bliss and Lily win the belts. I mean, they're doing less than nothing with those belts anyway. Why not? Why not do it? It, it, it would at least be absurd as opposed to completely meaningless. So if that's if that's the direction they want to go, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I would, I'd, I'd kind of love it. You know, like I, it would be so dumb. But like, I, I'm kind of in agreement with you. The the women's tag belts mean so little right now. They mean like n absolutely nothing, and it's really, I think it's actively hurting. 
the women's division as a whole. Like it's made Mandy Rose feel really unimportant. It has felt it's made Naomi, Naomi of all people, feel massively unimportant. And it has really, really hurt Shayna Baszler. Like, mm -hmm. like well, someone you could have actually made a credible star out of. I think that women's division is strangling a lot of their talent. Put the titles on a doll. Put the titles onto a voodoo doll. You may as well at this point. Yeah, I mean, a nine-year-old held the men's tag title. So what? how much of a stretch is it really? Exactly. Yeah. What does it matter? And I like this. No. Oh no. No. Oh God. No. Why would you say that? Because people would people would go absolutely ballistic. People would lose their minds if they did that booking. And I would quite like to see the Twitter meltdown if a voodoo doll if a voodoo doll won the women's tag titles. Yeah, I've had a few moments in recent weeks where I was like, you know what? I'm not against this thing that everyone seems to hate just for the fact that we get to see a little bit of discourse online. Uh, yeah, uh, if a, <laughs> if you want to make a puppet the, the raw or the women's tag team champion, like if it was the actual women's championship, I'd be like, no, that's stupid. You're disrespecting this belt that actual wrestlers can fight for. But nobody cares about these women's tag belts. They mean absolutely nothing. They don't even have like one actual women's tag team anymore like there isn't one the champions aren't even a women's tag team it's just random pairing of people random random pairing of people there's like three of them tops and uh, uh, i don't know who cares put it on a doll can we get a little fact check on this adam says think of the celebration first ever puppet champion can we get a fact check on that are they it would would lily be the first ever puppet to hold a wwe title Probably a WWE title. I mean, there haven't been that many puppet, uh, puppets around. I can think of like Rocco that was with the the Legion of Doom and in, in the the early or the early nineties. But I don't think they Al had Snow like Al Snow didn't huh? win it with Head. Yeah, like that's he had another tag good one. with Head. Like he like he tagged with Head against Too Much because Too Much for you know, who would then become too cool pinned Head because they put a, they put a bottle of Head and Shoulders underneath head and then you had uh brian christa going hey shoulders i pinned the shoulders the head had shoulders when wwe actually was a little bit funny i don't think moppy <laughs> ever ever won a title but those would be like the only ones that i could think of i did mate did moppy never win the hardcore title that seems like an open maybe goal. <laughs> maybe i mean i would have done it i can i can imagine that uh the ddt heavy metal weight championship may have been won by a puppet at some point because oh, that's what well, it's won by a blow up blow up doll right like jack the yeah. job has held that belt like i don't think like, yeah I think, and he is a puppet everyone won that. <laughs> ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Right. Let's get into your hyperjets on this situation. Anthony Velasquez said, I could be very wrong in this, but I think Alexa targeted Shayna. It's a little bit weird that Shayna all of a sudden starts selling a leg injury during the match. We've established that Alexa has supernatural powers. I mean, he's not wrong. Alexa Bliss yeah. does have supernatural powers. She made like black goo appear from her own head and made like Randy Orton cough up black goo and, and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, so maybe she's now got voodoo magic. I mean, yeah. If you were to if you were to just describe the storyline to me as not a wrestling fan, I would think that's like ridiculously stupid and it is, but they've done so much stupid stuff already that voodoo is just another thing. It's another shot in the bucket. Who cares at this point? They've gone too far in over the edge. Just do it. Whatever. Who mm-hmm. cares? It's whatever. <laughs> the bad one, Ryan B. Dad says, uh, once again, Raw sounds like it was boring and terrible. I hate all the Alexa stuff, so why not make Alexa and Lily the tag champs? Because of course, WWE would make a doll the tag team champion. James Handley says, would a puppet winning a, t- a championship be WWE's David Arquette? I would say no, because David Arquette won the world title. So it'd be different if Lily won the WWE championship. But like as we said, like it's the women's tag titles. Like they mean kind of nothing, really. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You already had like a nine-year-old win a championship. That the ridiculousness has already been done. It would be different if this was like the world championship. And even still, like I think. I think mostly the WWE brand has been damaged enough that most people wouldn't really care at this point if like a David Arquette won a world title these days. Because there's a difference between like height of the Attitude Era when WCW was struggling to to carry on and now where you've got like a tenth of the amount of people watching Raw now is that we're watching then. So I don't think it would matter that much. And I can confirm that no puppets ever won the Hardcore Championship. 
WWE not having Moppy win the hardcore title. What an open goal you missed. That was that was right there for you. Come on, guys. They're going to win the 24-7 title. Uh, <laughs> any boy That's zero, more zero, shocking, four. yeah. Yeah. Where is our truth, by the way? Like he hasn't been seen since he like since like Bad Bunny just gave him the belt. Has he been a main event? Have I missed loads of YouTube skits or something? I don't know. Hasn't been on SmackDown. Hasn't been anywhere really. I mean, I don't think the the hardcore or the twenty four seven title is going to be missed that much. But it is kind of like an absence where you go, oh well, you know, he's like a forty five time twenty four seven champion or whatever, and he just gets written off the show. Uh, if it can happen to him, it can happen to anyone. <laughs> Uh, Benny Boy says, I think Lucas finally lost his mind with Lily winning the tag team titles. Although it was nice to see Shelton Benjamin break out his old finisher from 2007. We'll come on to that in a little bit. And yep. lastly, for now, Dean Barretton says, Luke, you're a genius. Lily and Biscuit feud with Kenta and his stick and Tai Chi and his silver glove. You know, if you had said this to me like a year or two ago, I would say, get that garbage away from my New Japan. Don't even say them in the same <laughs> sentence. But there's been so much wacky garbage in New Japan this year that I wouldn't even I wouldn't even hesitate to think that that could be something they would book. Apparently, our truth has been appearing on Raw Talk, which. I mean, right. I, I, I feel like sometimes when I do these streams, I feel like I'm the only person that doesn't watch Raw Talk and actually loads of people watch it. But I'm pretty certain that no one watches that show. But I could no. be wrong. Anyway, before we crack on with the main review, it's time to give a shout out to this episode sponsor, Wrestling GM. Now, we were going to do a really fun thing here. And one of the reasons why we were late coming onto this stream is because I was going to show you, uh, everyone, me playing the game on my phone on screen because I've got the capability to do that. But it's decided to not work. So we're ad-libbing live. Rich was trying to help me. And his only advice he gave me was, don't buy a Mac in future. So thanks, producer Rich. That really helped us out. Anywho, uh, so this is what Wrestling GM looks like. So as you can see here, you have got the uh, how long your show needs to be. And then you can add segments. And so you can like add segments. And then you can pick your match size. So I'm going to pick a one-on-one -on -one match here. And I'm going to make it a, uh, let's make it a ladder match. You can do that. Press continue. And then you've got like all of your wrestlers in here. I picked like a British uh, promotion. So then you can pick all your wrestlers here, select them by like um, sort of side A. So like main eventers, you can do it by male, female, mid card. So I'm going to do a main event one, Steve Nottingham uh, versus, let's do a main event heel. Oh, let's um, do a spin round. Main event heel against Behemoth. Continue. Uh, and I can then set the time limit for it. I'm going to give them a 29-minute match, and that's now on my show. And I can then make more of them. I can add segments. I can add angles and stuff like backstage beatdowns, challenges, comedy skits, insanity. There's loads of stuff you can do in this. I actually like, obviously, you know, they, they came to us and said we'd like to sponsor your show. And I was like, cool. I downloaded it. Two hours later. I was like, oh, I need to make some notes. I need to do some things here. I need to actually do some work. I got really, really sucked into this. Our mods are posting the link for you. Go and download it. It's a lot of fun. It's really, really great. Go and give them some love. Go find Wrestling Gym. They've also got a Reddit as well, which we're also posting a link to. Get in there. Get involved in the community. It's a lot of fun. Go and download Wrestling GM. And thank you so much for sponsoring the WrestleTalk podcast.
let's dive into the show itself. And um, <laughs> I've just got a point here where I've just got lots of caps about Damien Priest and The Miz. So the first thing we saw <laughs> after the, the six-woman yeah. tag match was New Day hanging out with um, Riddle. Or as I've written in my notes here, New Day hang out with New Day. And Kofi Kingston says, well, Matt Riddle goes up to them and he's like, hey, bro, thanks for giving me the paperwork to make RK bro an official tag team. And Kofi Kingston, this has to be a rib, was just like, well, as we all know, every tag team in WWE has to submit the official paperwork to be a tag team in WWE, which AJ and Omos have not done yet. This has to be 100% like a rib and a joke because later on, Corey Graves was just like, I've never filled out that paperwork. I'm a former tag team champion. Yeah, like, I know they've brought this up before, you know, because they they definitely mentioned this during the brand split in 2016, where if you wanted to get drafted as a tag team or as singles competitors, you had to fill out a form and blah, 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 blah. But this seems like just another one of those WWE things, like the the only one break up the pin rule, where it's a rule when they want it to be a rule. And other times they will just completely forget about it, doesn't exist, don't talk about it, nothing. Even if this is a rule and every tag team needs to fill out a form, surely you'd not be allowed to win the tag titles without doing that. And if you can do that, what's the goddamn point of the form? <laughs> Like, do they are they unable to have merchandise if they don't fill out the form? Are do, do they not get paid as much as a tag team if they don't fill out the form? What is the point of this form? Uh, I don't know, but I, to be honest, the thing that drove me mad in this segment and like a proper like, come on, guys, is two years ago, Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton were sworn enemies. Like they had an intense rivalry over the WWE Championship. And yet here they are. And Kofi Kingston is like, hey, Randy, lovely to see you. Can't wait to tag with you later. And like Randy Orton, because Randy Orton gets to lay them both out after the match, he gets to look like the cool guy. But this makes Kofi Kingston look so lame. And Kofi Kingston is a person you should not be making look lame because he's cool. Yeah, yeah, I I was just having a long stretch of thought like a couple weeks ago about how you could just book Kofi Kingston back into the main event scene. And it's really not that hard, but they're just so not interested in doing it, especially considering how dull the main event scene of Raw is right now. Like, could you mm -hmm. not throw Kofi Kingston in there at least for a run? And it's different if they just like had a feud. You know, if this was just one of the people that Kofi Kingston went through on his WWE Championship reign, it's Randy Orton. They've been tethered to each other, at least in fans' minds, since 2009. And not for, like, good reasons, you know? It's things that you would think that someone would possibly, like, hold a grudge over and not forget. And then you get just moments and segments like this, and then the match, and it's just kind of like, oh. It's it's Vince McMahon thinking that happened before last week. People don't remember it. Let's move on. Indeed, yeah. Um, right. We had a segment with MVP and Strowman in their locker room, and they had a bit of a chat. But I'm now going to read you my notes verbatim for what I said about this next segment. Because we've got a graphic up on screen saying that Damien Priest versus The Miz at Backlash. And I wrote my notes here in all caps. Damien Priest is effing facing The Miz at effing Backlash. What the F? 
Corey then says, and I'm not joking here, this long-standing rivalry could come to an end. How has it not ended already, you absolute F? Damien Priest wins all the time. Ms. Morrison, Priest, and Pierce then stand in an effing row. Priest is facing effing Morrison, effing again. I effing hate this show. If Morrison wins, he gets to pick the stipulation. This effing sucks. I am so sick of seeing these lot have matches. Like, this is, I believe, like the eighth match that Damien Priest has had with some combination of Miz and or Morrison. And like every time Damien Priest wins, the commentators go like, what a huge win for Damien Priest. I'm like, how's it? He <laughs> got this win in February. How's it a big win? I've seen him and he, he wins all the time. And then, like, I'm, gonna, I'm skipping to the end of the match because we get Damien Priest versus John Morrison. And like the winner gets to pick the simulation for this nonsense, pointless match that we're getting at this stupid pay-per-view this Sunday that I've got to watch. I'm being forced to watch this crap now. And I'm really, I'm really angry about this. So they're having another match and the match is fine, but it means nothing because I've seen it 20 million times by this point. And then, so he wins. Cool. Damien Priest gets to pick the simulation. He goes backstage to Adam Pearce and he's like, the Miz keeps running away. I'm like, no, he doesn't. You keep beating him. You keep, how does he keep running away? You keep winning all the time. If this feud was, you never beat him. And Miz keeps getting these fluke victories of you and then runs away. I would understand your point, but I don't understand your point, Damien Priest, because you've said the Miz keeps running away from me. No, he doesn't. He keeps getting beaten by you. That's what the Miz does. The Miz just keeps lying in the middle of the ring and being pinned by you. And then Someone sent me a message on Twitter being like, oh man, I could watch easily watch 20 minutes of Miz for, uh, of uh, John Morrison versus Damian Priest. And I'm like, I saw it! I saw it at WrestleMania! I've already seen that match! I've seen them go 20 minutes. And do you know what? It was great. It was fun. But that is done now. And somehow, some way, this is still continuing. And we're just supposed to pretend that it's fine. And it's just Damien, he's spinning his wheels. And I'm sick and tired of moaning about this every single week. I've got a lot of podcasts to do this week. I really should conserve my voice. I'm already starting to feel like I'm shredding it. Tempest, what did you make of all of this? <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. Like, I definitely, like, I watched the the clip of Ollie trying to rein you in a little bit last week. <laughs> I'm going to do no such thing. I I saw this and just, oh my God. I was thinking of things to say throughout the show last night, and I was trying to come up with like my criteria for things that would make me care on this show. And I determined that I need a match that I can look forward to. I need a baby face that I care about. That's about it. As far as things that will make me care about a segment, you got one half of that, because I like Damian Priest. Great. I could not possibly care less about this feud with The Miz. I wouldn't care if it was just somebody else that he kept having matches with because there's nobody on the roster that I would like to see Damian Priest have eight friggin' matches with. But the fact that it's The Miz, who sucks, <laughs> does not help this situation whatsoever. The Miz's best qualities have always been his promos. And he's not even cutting good promos about all this. And in the meantime, this didn't even get brought up, but they have got it into their mind that for some reason, they need to split up The Miz and John Morrison. Because this, this brand just has too many tag teams. <laughs> well, it's, it's a one-in-one-out system. We just got a new one with RK Bro. 
But the, yeah, the, we I guess we got RK Bro and we got Styles and Omos because we've lost Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, and now we're we're losing the Miz and John Morrison. And for God's sake, like maybe I I don't know. Uh, that's that's me running out of gas mid sentence. I do not care about their breakup. I do not care about a match that they will have. I do not care to see the Miz on my TV ever again. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so done with this. And I hate WWE's extending of storylines just forever and ever. We got nothing else to do. This is how we book storylines now. I hate it. And this whole like Miz and Morrison split would make so much more sense if Maurice was still here. Like Maurice mm-hmm. is essentially sort of like fueling all of this because she did. Like she was the one who was sort of starting a lot of this because like Miz was sort of focusing all of his attention onto Maurice for like the two weeks that she was there. But she hasn't been seen since. And I feel like she should be the linchpin to all of this. But at the same time, when I'm talking about this, that means that Damien Priest is the third bloody wheel in his own feud. He's actually the background pawn to the much bigger story of Miz and Morrison, which I think is Damien Priest. Like, I hope, I hope I'm wishing and hoping and praying. And I'm not even a religious man that this effing Sunday will be the end of this effing feud. And I never have to see these two effing face each other at effing again. Or oh, so, so sick of it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so disappointing. I love Damian Priest. He's like really good. He's got a cool look. He feels cool. You know, he's got like a cool factor that not a lot of wrestlers have. And you've just angered him with The Miz. It's my three guys that ruin NXT call-ups are The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, and Baron Corbin. <laughs> And they are just so married to the idea of, oh, guys come up, we got to stick stick them with one of these three guys and make people not care anymore. When you could do literally anything else and it would be fine. If they didn't give Damian Priest Bad Bunny, he would just be, I don't even know if he'd be on the show anymore. No, Honestly. Maybe in catering. Be in catering with Bray, with Bray Wyatt, probably. Um, right. Let's move on from that. Jinder Mahal Please. is back. No, Jinder Mahal is back. Oh, God. <laughs> and Jinder Mahal cuts this promo. This made I, I proper laughed out loud because I was so mad at all like the Miz and Damian Priest stuff. This proper made me laugh out loud because Jinder Mahal cuts this promo where he's like, "What I want is fresh competition." So I'm going to face the guy I beat last week on main event. I'm like, well, that's not fresh competition, then, is it? Like, either either I should know that he beat him on main event and debuted this new act, or I don't watch main events, and so that I should know that this is uh, fresh competition for him. Either way, he's now got Veer and Shanky as his new uh, bodyguards, and then he beat Jeff Hardy in about 90 seconds. It's not even that fresh of competition. They had a feud like two years ago. <laughs> like two or three years ago, they ah, wrestled over it, the US title. But it's fresh now. He's got a new haircut. You know, he's, <laughs> he's got a new hat. Got a new hat. Yeah. I, listen, I know people yeah. like to, I don't know why, but people like to make a joke out of Jinder Mahal in the like, don't hinder gender. Oh, Jinder Mahal's the best. What he's not. He's not. And I that might get me some heat with with some fans but like we went through this in 2017 and it was bad then and we mm-hmm. i thought that we'd learned our lesson i thought that the jinder mahal experiment had had ended and i figured 
I didn't want to see him get hurt because I don't wish injury upon any wrestler. But him getting hurt last year kind of meant that we didn't have to go through Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal for the WWE title, which I mm-hmm. wasn't terribly looking forward to. And I thought that because Drew is no longer the champion, we might just kind of avoid that whole thing and just kind of like, all right, that wasn't going to happen, never going to happen now, whatever. But now we're getting another Jinder Mahal push. And I oh, really yeah. don't understand why. It's, and I'm going to, I'm very biased in this because I love Jeff Hardy with all of my heart and soul. <laughs> and to see him lose to Jinder Mahal twice in seven days pains me to my core i uh, well yeah yeah we had this um we had this question on a a wrestle podcast uh mailbag recently it was like who is a wrestler you will always mark out for my instant answer is it's news like oh it's jeff hardy and then i actually double back on it being like actually it's not because i haven't marked out for jeff hardy in years because like I this this company has systematically just like chipped away any interest I could possibly have in Jeff Hardy. And Jeff Hardy's like my guy. He's always been my guy. And now like he was announced for a match on Raw today. I didn't care. Honestly, I just did not care. Yeah. Well, I, I could see what was coming a mile away because we were just seeing a replay of the match that was on main event that I had to write a news story about. So I knew that it happened. I knew that I would see it again. So it's not like I was sitting there going, oh, my God, Jeff Hardy lost Oh, the humanity. But for goodness sake, like it's Jeff Hardy. There was a time when he was pushed as like the number one guy in WWE. And if not number one, then like a close two or three. And I don't feel like they would treat other people the same way that they treat Jeff Hardy in that sense. Like Jeff Hardy, by WWE standards, is a legend. And oh, yeah. should kind of be treated as such. Like, I totally understand why so many of these guys are just like, no, I'm not going to go back to WWE. Like, Rob Van Dam is just like, no, I'm not going to go back to WWE. Because he would be in the exact same position where he was a popular guy like 15 years ago. And then you end up like Jeff Hardy, where he had a really great, emotional, all-time great moment at WrestleMania 33, returning with Matt. And they win the tag titles. And literally since that moment, I don't think he's done a single thing noteworthy. Maybe like yeah. a, a move here or there in a in a good match, but like Jeff Hardy's my guy, and <laughs> I I spent eight years wanting him to come back to WWE, and I got that moment, and it was amazing. And then we've gotten this, and now I've spent the last like three years hoping that he would go to AEW so we can get the Hardy Boys one last good run in another company. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's go on to something that I'm a lot more positive about. Because I absolutely adore RK Bro. And this was a yes. really, really fun eight, uh, eight man tag. We had RK Bro and the New Day versus AJ, Amos, Elias, and Riker. So, like, Elias and Riker have sort of been sort of like, not semi, they weren't really feuding, but they had a moment with um, uh, RK Bro last week. And that's kind of set up this, this eight man tag. And this was really, really fun. It was a really good eight-man tag. The heels worked over Woods. Riddle got the hot tag in the end. Omos gets in and just like you know lays waste to everyone. And then kind of like in the distraction of all of this, because like the New Day were outside being like goofballs and like spinning AJ Styles around. And Omos gets distracted by that. Randy Orton slides in, hits the RKO on Elias and gets the pin. I really liked all of that. And then in all of this, you know, Riddle goes like he raises up Randy's arm to be like, hey, hey, bro, that we won. This is great. And Randy's like, hmm, maybe. 
And then the New Day tried to celebrate with him as well. And Randy's like, nope, just drops them both with RKOs. And I'm like, wow. I mean, that was a really cool. And it made like Randy Orton look like an absolute badass and look really cool. Made the New Day look like complete chumps. But you know what? Like, I suppose at the end of the day, you're trying to get RK Bro over. And I'm so, so into this tag team. I hope that they don't rush them into something with AJ and Amos. I need, mm-hmm. I want, I need that to simmer for a little bit before they go after the tag titles. But I am legit. This is the most I've been enjoying Randy Orton in in quite a while. We're very much on the same page. Just before I get into that, I did see someone comment uh, two Jeff Hardy moments that were good. It was uh, Hell in a Cell 2018 when he fell from oh, yeah, the top and the, and the ladder match. I enjoyed both of those moments very much. Uh, but as far as an extended thing, wasn't there. I love RK Bro. And I'm someone who isn't, like, a big fan of Randy Orton. Like, obviously, he's Randy Orton. He's very good at what he does. But I've never been super connected with Randy Orton as a character. I love this Randy Orton character. And I went through kind of a series of emotions with this match because I said on SmackDown last week, maybe two weeks ago, that it's very hard to mess up the WWE eight-man, six-man, ten-man tag formula. Like, it's just, it's a formula that works where, you know, everyone gets to do their big moves because obviously WWE has pushed their product as only the finishers matter. Everyone gets to do the big moves and people cheer, and that's very good. So you got a good match out of it like that. And I've just been so trained to expect the worst from WWE that when Randy Orton hit the RKOs on the New Day, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to break up this team. What are they doing? (laughs) Like Immediately, that's where my mind went. I was like, he's going to RKO Riddle, and that's going to be the end of it, and I'm going to be so, so sad. But then they had an awesome moment with Matt Riddle going like, Randy, we're not going to make friends if you do that. (laughs) Scolding him like a disappointed mom. And it was just so good. I love – and honestly, I think I like this feud because I believe it. In a weird way, I totally believe that Randy Orton and Riddle would hang out and Randy Orton would be like the old kind of grumpy guy who hangs around with the stoner and just kind of like finds him amusing. But sometimes he can be a bit much, but they do vibe on the same wavelength. Yeah, totally. Like I, I totally buy. I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. That this is, I buy this story, and I believe this story, and I believe these characters are doing these things. Like yeah. I, yeah, perhaps um, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle hang out. I don't know. Maybe say in the alleyway at twenty past four. Well, I don't know. And yep. like they are, you know, they enjoy each other's company. And um, you know, that's they, maybe they talk about the smoke or whatever it is that um the street profits are after. And. I buy this relationship and I and it kind of is because Riddle's character has been so wacky on Raw and his promo segments have been so wacky that all of that kind of like awkwardness in times where it's not being funny and this whole like, hey, we should do pizza stuff. I'm Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles now works because you've got the straight man playing off against. And I love that line the way you pointed out then when you're just like, we're not going to make friends if you keep doing this because Riddle's friends with the New Day and he wants re- he wants his cool friend to also be friends with him, which is quite sweet. I yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see where this storyline goes. And I hope that this actually goes for a while because I, I really hope we get a lot out of this. Yeah. And as far as the reports have said so far, I have heard that this is supposed to be like a long term slow burn story, which makes me feel very excited for it, because this was like one of the only things I really enjoyed on Raw this week. 
it's just, I love these two together. I don't necessarily think it would be the greatest thing to see like an entire show worth of it, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that would be really entertaining. Cause I do think that riddle riddle on his own can be funny at times at other times it can be a miss, but you need to pair him with the straight man without, mm-hmm. without that to balance the act, it doesn't really work. That's why I thought his best work in NXT was the stretch he had with Pete Dunne. And yeah. now we're, we're essentially getting the exact same thing here. Just Randy Orton is a different character than Pete Dunne. And I think it just works wonders, honestly. And I believe a match between the two would also be really good. So in my mind, at least if they do break up, we'll get something positive out of it. So yeah. this is just, this is a home run pairing. And I can't wait to see what they do. Uh, we had Sheamus versus Umberto Carrillo. Uh, this is a, a bit of an unfortunate one because they were having a really good match. Really good action. I was really enjoying it. But then they had the spot on the outside when Carrillo went to do a sunset flip power bomb, And he landed awkwardly. And then Sheamus landed on his legs really hard. You could see that something had gone wrong. You could see from both of them that something had gone awry. And Carrillo, like, you know, signaled to the referee. And he signaled to like the medics and stuff. Referee calls off the match. I know some people have said it was like a double count out, but I'm pretty sure the referee raised Seamus's arm. Yeah. And like they played his music. So I just figured that he kind of like, you know, Seamus won because, you know, Carrillo could not continue. Mm-hmm. It's a real shame because like this is finally something for Umberto to be doing. And thankfully, the report is uh, I think Melter said this on Wrestling Observer Radio that. He could wrestle tomorrow if he wants. He would just basically caught like it was a nasty blanding. It was a nasty sting, but he's actually fine. And he's a okay. And there's nothing to worry about here. So that is, that's great news. Yeah. Uh, I knew as soon as I saw it, like I saw the landing and just kind of like screamed. I was just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Cause having taken bumps where like someone lands on top of you in an awkward way. Like it's different if you're doing like chest to chest, you do a cross body, you land, you control your weight. If it's something where a lot of moving pieces are all happening at the same time and you land and you don't land perfectly. And then another guy is landing on top of you. Oh, it just, this looked awful. And I was like, Oh, is he hurt? And immediately it was like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done. And the match. Cause like, obviously I don't particularly shouldn't say I don't care. I'm not particularly invested in the character of Umberto Carrillo, right? Like he mm-hmm. kind of got put through the ringer last year where he just got beat by Andrade and Angel Garza over and over and over and over again. And it's kind of difficult to get interested, but if he's going to go out there and have really good matches with guys like Sheamus and Mansoor every week, like that's as good a way to make me care about seeing him as anything. And I'm very glad to see that he, is going to pull through and not be out for a long period of time. Cause that would just be, that would just be a tragedy. Yeah. It'd be awful. Um, now there was something that Denise Salcedo said on the fightful podcast. That I was, I looked to get your thoughts on, cause I thought it was a really interesting point that she'd made here, which is that, do you think it's a coincidence that following on from Andrade's interviews that he did with Hugo Savanovich, where he was like, it, like the, the treatment of um, Mexican and Latino wrestlers in WWE is terrible. And all they're doing is hanging out in catering. 
And you've also had Sin Cara, um, the former Sin Cara, doing interviews with Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful, where he's like, look at the WrestleMania card. On both nights, there were no Me there were no Mexican or Latino wrestlers were on that card, which is a it's, it's actually a disgrace with all the talent they've got in that company that they couldn't find a spot for any Mexican or Latino wrestlers. So we've had both of those interviews. And then all of a sudden, Umberto's in a storyline, the Lucha House Party are now Lucha lit, and an Angel Gaza has got, like, all of a sudden, all of these guys that were stuck in catering are now being, like, trotted out for storylines. So do you think that it is just a coincidence? Or do you think that this is something that they have been planning for a while? Well, I don't think they plan anything for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but I do find it very interesting that something like that gets brought up and then immediately you see a bunch of uh, the Latino wrestlers all being brought to TV again, especially if it's someone like Humberto Carrillo, who was just absolutely, he had vanished for months on end. And now is the time that they decide to bring him back. Because we've seen people like, you know, the Lucha House Party kind of come in and out. You know, they might get a tag title push for a few weeks and then drop off and then be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and then back out and whatnot. To see guys like Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo, who were just absolutely nowhere close to the show, they were the kings of the catering crew. I think there might be something there, you know? Mm. I think it might be. And it's interesting and it's a little bit, you know, difficult that this sort of this push for Latino performers comes out after Andrade has already been released because I don't think I'm, you know, out of line saying that he was probably the best and most charismatic among the current crop of Latino stars. You know, there are others who could definitely match him in terms of athleticism and whatnot, but he was probably the most complete package there. So I would have liked to have seen that if that got him a push. But yeah. if it if it means more screen time for someone like Angel Garza, who's been fantastic and can, you know, has charisma and can cut a decent promo and all that, I can I consider that a win. Yeah. So yeah, so just like to clarification on that, there was the I think it was Sinkara's comments. I haven't actually had the, the interview of what Sean was talking about. It was like there was no Mexican wrestlers. I think I don't know because I'm I'm very much a white male here, whether um <laughs> Damien Priest and Bad Bunny as Puerto Rican, whether they account, uh, whether they are Latino, I don't know that. Um, right. I would like to be, I'd like to be educated. Please do correct me if I'm wrong on that, because it's good. That's what life is all about. It's about learning. It's about being educated. Um, so the Lucha House Party cut a promo. They got like this video promo thing where they are now Lucha lit. All right. I wonder how many millennials are on the the writing team. Or if this was just a bunch of 50-year-olds going like, oh, what do the kids say these days? <laughs> the kids still say lit, right? Let's let's put let's put lit in a in a tag name. Uh well, I mean, sure. I, I really love Grand Metalik. I will say mm -hmm. that. I think he's maybe the most underrated wrestler on the WWE roster. He has not been given a, a shot like ever. Like ever. Like it, mm -hmm. most of those cruiserweight guys at least got a run with the cruiserweight title at the very least, but he's been like nowhere near it. He'll get a good match out of a tag team or something and then just be like, all right, you can go away now. Maybe this means he'll be on TV more often. That'll be really cool. I would like yeah. to see that. But again, I've got like five years worth of Grand Metalik pushes that I can draw from to not have a whole lot of confidence. 
Uh, thank you for the chat. People have clarified. Yeah, Puerto Ricans are uh, considered Latinos. Thank you very much for that. I have learned some of these today. That's every day is a school day. Um, Eve Marie, we'll, we'll try and run through the rest of Raw now because we've gone very, very long on this show. But Eve Marie got two video packages. One of them, I'm pretty sure, was the same one as last week's video package. And then she had another one which was based more around a photo shoot thing. Ali Davis put in his review that her promo segments are like four women, eh? Cars, huh? Mmm, look at her. Ooh, yeah, great. Yeah, I... <laughs> see, this was the thing that I was going to get to where there are some things where I kind of want to see the internet discourse about. <laughs> this is one of them. This is one of them. I fully believe that this could be awesome if it's done the right way. If, oh, yeah. If, if she's on the show ironically as a bad wrestler oh i, love, I, I think this I is love it so much that's such like an easy perfect idea if she's just like if she's just someone else who's not a very good wrestler but just has wrestling i don't want to see her have technical wrestling matches i want to see her do an arm drag and bow and be like you see guys i can <laughs> wrestle i did it I need that out of her character. And that's like, it's very specific, but I don't know if there are other ways to do this character and have it not be a disaster. And she, even Marie can do that as well. Like she has got oh, the yeah. to be able to pull that character off. I think it would be such a brilliant character. Like I know like Louis has been going off on, on Twitter about this and being like, you know, bootlicking someone I'd say, but I, you know, he's been sort of defending the decision to bring her back. And he said that, you know, like, I hope she's been down to the performance center training. And I was going to say, like, reply to him, and I didn't in the end, but I was like, oh, I hope she hasn't. I hope she's been nowhere <laughs> near the performance center. Because, like, if she's at, like, if she's at the same level she was in NXT, or better yet, worse, the character works so much better that way. Yep. And, like, I, I mean, Laurie were, like, fancy booking last week. If she brings back the Divas title, and, like, this whole oh. evolution thing is, like, a proper, like, dig at, like, the evolution that, like, Becky Lynch and Bailey and Charlotte Flair will push forward. I think there is so much, like, genuine heat you could get from that. I, but from, from what I can gather, Sean was saying on the Fightful podcast that she's going to be a manager. So she's not getting in ring. Like, as at the moment, the tentative plans are she is just going to be a manager. So who she's managing, I like, I don't know. Probably like Sean might know, but I haven't spoken to him about that. So we could sit here and we could fancy book, like, you know, she's been at the performance center, she's been doing this, she's doing the other. From what we can gather at now, she's actually just going to be a mouthpiece for someone. Oh, that's, that's a little disappointing, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, yeah. she's she's another she's another Lana at the beginning, you know? Just, yeah. And that's, that's fine. She'll have more heat than your average bear, but still, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I The money to me in this is her wrestling, being bad at it, and that being the point. Yeah. I'm not really interested in it another way, you know? I've seen a few people as well say that she'll manage, um, uh, wasn't it Parker Bordeaux, this sort of like new Brock Lesnar guy that they've brought in, but like people need to pump the brakes on that. Parker Bordeaux, like two weeks ago, didn't know what an arm drag was. Let's mm -hmm. not be putting him up onto the main roster yet. Let's give that, give that kid some room to breathe and not just rush him straight to the main roster. Let's yeah. work on that before we do that. Absolutely. I mean, just to kind of put that in perspective too, like we heard the reports of, uh, uh, Simone Johnson, The Rock's daughter, signing with WWE like a year ago, maybe more than that. 
And you know what? It was a big story for like two weeks and we've heard precisely nothing about it since because it takes a long time to learn how to wrestle and do it well. So Parker Mm -hmm. Bordeaux has kind of been like this big story because he looks so impressive. People are talking about him. He's not debuting on NXT probably this year. He's got a long way to go. What watch this now? Because you and I are doing the NXT yeah. podcast tomorrow. He's going to debut tonight. Now that we've yeah, he's going to he's going to be in the Diamond Mine or something. He's going to debut. He's going to beat Karrion Cross. Um, <laughs> we also got, uh, we had a good match between Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Um, the story here was that Shelton uh, that Cedric basically dominated the match, and his sort of like youthful exuberance was carrying him through. I really enjoyed like the exchange of submissions that they did. Um, like this sort of heel hook to try to the um, sharpshooter. But then Cedric, like, he was one step ahead of him, but then his arrogance got the better of him. And then Shelton hit the T-bone suplex for the win. I'm going to presume that this is going to continue. But um, yeah, like I, I thought this was some decent stuff. Like, I'm glad that they got some semblance of a match out of it. And it's not just Cedric beating Shelton and then they went done with it. Because I still think there is some story to get from here. Yes. In a vacuum, if I'm just judging this bell to bell, I really like this match. And I especially like the finish because I thought they told a very good little confined story to this match of just like they were a tag team. Cedric knows all of Shelton's moves. He's able to counter the pay dirt like twice. And then eventually Shelton hits his old finish and wins. I think that as a contained story is excellent. That is maybe my favorite thing on the show. That being said... I don't really understand a lot of the decisions that are going on here. I don't know who the good guy is supposed to be. I guess Shelton, but I, I, didn't, Shelton un- is, yeah. I didn't understand the decision to break them up as a tag team. I don't, I still don't understand the decision to split them apart from the hurt business because for God's sake, like you wanted to do it. So Bobby Lashley wouldn't get cheered at WrestleMania. Like who cares about that? That was a month ago. It meant nothing whether he got cheered or booed at the time. And now these two guys are going to be like just floundering in the raw mid card. And then additionally, why would you have Shelton win this match? You know? Oh, uh, no, I, I, I get behind that. Like, I can get behind the decision to win that because it was like, you know, it, it's Cedric's youthful exuberance beating himself. It wasn't like, and, sure. and Shelton, Shelton, the crafty veteran, took advantage of Cedric's inexperience here. Yes. Like, again, as far as like the story that was told in the match, I totally buy that. I totally buy that. But as far as the decision that Shelton Benjamin has like been, you know, a mid card at best for like, ever he left Mm -hmm. wwe for a long period of time but he's never gone higher than a certain level in wwe i would have thought this would be like a good time for cedric to get a win but maybe that's coming maybe this is something they can play into but i don't know yeah i don't know man like i'd like to see them maybe come back together as a team like maybe like the, the like they well yeah i mean that'd be great anyway but like yeah. you know they they sort of split up because like cedric got it into his head that he was better off without him but what he's actually going to learn is that no he should be learning from shelton and that's kind of a way to sort of like you know maybe they'll have a couple more look at me hope they have a couple more matches like maybe increasing <laughs> than this and then like that sort of circumnavigates them back into becoming a team like Cel- uh, cedric learned that he does need to sit under the learning tree of shelton benjamin there's, there could be quite a, a, and then they sort of rise a baby face tag team 
could be a nice draw in there. Or they just do another match and Cedric wins that one. 50-50 booking. You know, there's there's two ways that could go here. Yeah. If they if they ended up back together as a stronger team than they were before, this time as baby faces, I think that's a lovely idea. But I think that the more likely scenario is they're both on main event next week or something. Um, we had Gaza. We need to run through this. We are running very long here. Angel Gaza um, had another segment with uh, Drew Gulak. He promised he was going to shove the rose down his throat this time. And then we got a WrestleMania rematch of Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. Tempest, you know what gets me excited for a triple threat uh, leading uh, at a pay-per-view? Having one of them pin another one of them. Having 33% of the match pin another 33% of the match. That gets me excited for a triple thread while the other 33s at ringside providing commentary. This was probably the best match they've had of like their three encounters. But, oh man, seeing Asuka get pinned six days out from the pay-per-view is no good. Yes, but you see, when uh, when Charlotte steps into the ring at Sacrifice, she has a 33 and a third percent <laughs> chance of winning the Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, you're right. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. No, I I also was not a huge fan on this show. Of They they did the uh, ring music fake out in like four different matches. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I this to me felt like a show where they just had, this is going to be the thing that happens in a match. And then they didn't tell the producers and it ended up in four matches, you know, because yeah. it ended up in the main event, ended up in the first match, ended up in this. I might be forgetting another one, but they just kept having the, like the ring music hit and people get distracted and then they go and they sit on commentary or they do whatever and just blech. Not not a fan of that. I thought the match itself was like fine, you know, like. I haven't been super blown away with Rhea Ripley and Asuka together and nice. that's a little bit disappointing, but I thought the match itself was fine. But again, this isn't how you build to a championship match. You don't have the champion just beat the challenger, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, you had Charlotte right there. Why didn't you do a DQ finish? Stupid me. Cause you were saving that angle for the main event. That was going to happen in two matches time. You can do it twice on the show. So, you know, credit where credit is due. It did just pin one of them, but on that side, that, don't, don't book this match then. Like if your outcome is, well, we just have to pin 33% of our triple threat match. Just like last week we pinned Braun Strowman, who's 33% of a triple threat match. It's just like, I don't think it's an effective way of getting people excited about a match is beating the people that are in the match. Yeah. I, I always look at matches like this and think who benefits from this decision, you know? And when I see Rhea Ripley just pin Asuka on Raw, I'm like, who benefited from this? Rhea's already yeah. the champion. Asuka has kind of been just like a mid-level person since WrestleMania where she'll face Rhea but not do a whole lot. And they're having a rematch that people don't really care about. And they put this finish together. And I don't think anyone has benefited from it. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, so I uh, then we had the John Morrison um, match with Damian Priest. Now, I, uh, I, I, I'll be honest, I've seen this match a thousand times, so I didn't actually really pay much attention to it. Do you know what I did instead, Tempest? 
I was looking at wrestling. Oh yes. No, I was looking. I was looking at this Simpsons image that someone posted up recently of all the Simpsons characters dressed up as wrestlers, and then I was basically just working out who was who, and it was great fun. Um, I think Damien Damien Priest won. I think the Miz got involved. But look at this. I love Rod and Todd as the Hardy Boys. Nelson Mm -hmm. as Roddy Piper. Lenny and Carl as uh, the Dudley Boys. Mister Burns and uh, Smithers as Vince and Shane. There's some like in inspired choices in this wiggum as dusty roads oh man and as you said yesterday on twitter the one that popped me the most is just bret hart is bret hart <laughs> bret hart being bret hart is my favorite thing <laughs> i love everything about his simpsons cameo i also didn't realize until just now that poochie is playing rikishi for oh, some reason that's so good yeah because poochie is rikishi with itchy and scratchy is too cool like that is so that's brilliant so that, good. Is a, that is a genius little bit of and i love that and obviously you've got snake as jake the snake roberts that's oh, a very man. good touch love this it's so so great they've also got like futurama characters in there because there's bender and um there's bender down there as austin and there's fry and leah as triple h in china oh and like oh the other thing i love about this as well barney gumble is on it three times as the three faces of foley because he's dude love he's cactus jack and he's mankind down the bottom genius oh perfect i i wish i had the talent and the mind to throw something like this together yeah. Uh, so that is at 74 lands on Twitter was the post that. And actually, um, producer Rich is posting the link to his big cartel page where you can go and buy that. I am so tempted to get it because I think it is a work of genius, but uh, I do not think that my wife would like it. And we're now, we're now in a shared office space. So I've, uh... and she is... She is a. I'm putting up my Sonic the Hedgehog like artwork from 1991, and she is like she's that's cool, and like that's going to be behind her desk as well. So when she's on video calls, that's what people will think of her house. But I don't think I'm going to get the Simpsons thing by her. Um, so so yeah. they they're just going to think that she's rad. Well, that's what I said. She was like, I yeah. don't know what people will think of me. I was like, they'll think you're super cool. That is exactly yeah. what I think of you. <laughs> so yeah, 74 lands on Twitter. Go and check that out. Also, thank you to Manny Ortega, who's just booked me on Cameo again. Thanks, guys. Oh, Thanks, for booking me on... <laughs> Thanks for booking me on Cameo, everyone. Um, anyway, Damien Priest won. And, and our main event was Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Big fun, beefy match. Claymore out of nowhere. And then Braun got in, caused the DQ, hit the power slam on everyone, then promised to F Bobby Lashley. He's going to yeah. F that boy. <laughs> and then he effed him through the barricade instead. Um, yeah, it was... I mean, I was I was less enthused about the triple threat last week because they pinned Braun Strowman. And then as soon as Braun came out, I was like, well, this one's ending in a DQ, I guess. Well, when the, the Ask Your Rear really didn't end in a DQ, I was like, well, that's a DQ ending for the main events. Lo and behold, it was a DQ for the main events. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is another one where I'm just kind of like not really into it anymore. Like I was really into Bobby Lashley winning the WWE Championship. I thought that was really cool. And I haven't really been super invested in it since, you know, like the, the Drew match at WrestleMania, I thought was fine, serviceable, move on to something else. And they haven't, you know, Mm -hmm. we're just, we're just getting another Drew match. And I love Drew. I'm not going to complain about Drew being on top, but I thought this would have been a good time to like put off the WrestleMania rematch until maybe SummerSlam and have Bobby Lashley go through a bunch of other people in the meantime. And that's just not the way that things are done these days. So, nope, it's it's, it, uh, it's it's what it is. But I didn't think this match was like particularly interesting. I I don't want to compare everything to like SmackDown and everything because that's the other show that I watch. You should come check out the podcast. <laughs> but 
SmackDown does a really good job of focusing on the most interesting parts of the show, which nine times out of 10 is the Roman Reigns stuff that he's got going on with Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso and whatnot. But they fill out the show with enough things to keep you interested in that segment. And it's not that they don't do stuff like that on Raw. It's that I don't find anything that interesting. You know, yeah. nothing that they have really hooks my attention the same way. And like like you said, either before we'd started or off the top of the show, that this was like a better Raw than usual. And I should be like grateful that that I got to see one that wasn't oh, horrible. You, you lucked out, dude. Oh, my God. But my, my point more so is just that this to me, if this is raw at its best, like raw, that's good. It's just boring. Mm, and if that, oh yeah. that, if that's good, oh, my God, I would hate to see a show top out at a two out of five because that's what this Dude. was to me. Dude, I, I genuinely, at the end of this episode of Raw, I, I, I was going to text Ollie being like, you, you've lucked out, man, coming back for this week's show. It was a three out of five show. It was a perfectly average episode of Raw. Like, it is, it is maddening when you think about it, but this is the best Raw has been in, a, in weeks and weeks and weeks because it was boring. Like, it was just boring. And that's a, like, Raw's low bar is, if it's just boring, then it's a great show. And it and this was it was a perfectly average show. I would have scored this a three out of five average rating because that's what this show was: bang average, dull as f. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> rough. Perhaps my standard. If I watch Raw more often, oh, perhaps my yeah. standards will change. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but for I, now, oh, should have been here a few weeks ago. Should have been a week yeah. ago. It was rough. Having said that, I'm clearly out of step with the rest of the community because one out of five, 61%, an overwhelming victory for one out of five rawful by our YouTube community. Nearly like eight, nearly 8,000 votes, over 7,500 votes there. 61% said it was a rawful show. 22% saying it was two out of five. And three, uh, sorry, 12% saying it was a three out of five show. Yeah, people were not not keen on this um should say as well was uh sorry manny omega the book me not manny ortega or manny or whatever i said uh but yes manny omega thank you so much for booking me on cameo Right, we've got to give a shout out to our twenty-five dollar and above pledge hammers on Patreon. Have you got the list, Tempest? I do. Give me one quick moment to pull that oh, up. What a professional, everyone! Tempest has got it. Uh, so yeah, if you want to become one of our twenty-five dollar and above uh, pledge hammers on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Ollie Davis and I will be reviewing TNA Sacrifice two thousand eight for our WrestleTalk Extra this month. Now you might be thinking, huh? What a weird pay for you to choose. Well. It's the Steiner Math promo pay-per-view. And what's funny is that that promo's not on the show. No. It's on the impact before the show. But we'll get to talk about it. It is also a show. I kid you not. Let me read you one of the matches that is on this card. Oh, because this, this sums up TNA. Like, this is almost the most TNA match you could have possibly done. Aside from the, the 10 women... Um, TNA Knockouts Makeover Battle Royal that was also on this show. Um, listen to this as a match. AJ Styles and Eric Young versus Road Dog and Awesome Kong. 
Yep. It's amazing that yes. there are people. There are people who go on, log on to Twitter, and say that what wrestling really needs these days is Vince Russo to come back. <laughs> oh man, yep. Uh, and also, it should be noted that is right. There was a ten women TNA Knockouts Makeover Battle Royal to determine the number one contender. I haven't seen the show in many a years, but I'm pretty sure it's about haircuts and stuff. Um, Oh, Lord. The, the, okay, so the contest involved two stages. The first was a standard battle royal. After all but two wrestlers were eliminated, stage two, a ladder match begins. The winner of the ladder match becomes the number one contender, and the loser has to get her head shaved. It's quite simple, really. It's quite simple when you think about it. And as New Punk Rand said, still better than Raw. Right, let's give a shout out to our $25 and a month pledge hammers on Patreon. He's no jackass, Dano. Very good, very good. We've got the blacksmith, Jason Smith. Chris, the Cypriot sensation, Patro. Very good. Rob Steiner, recliner. The Night Rider. Kit Vito Ventura, pet detective Kenny, everybody's got a price. Bryson, I'm very happy that the million dollar man is back on NXT. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> the craftsman, Blake Carpenter, the Pharaoh, Stephen Mazafero, manipulating Manny Umeria. The Incredible Tazo. Andrew, the last airbender, Mirko Mercogliano. Damn it. Oh, <laughs> I was doing so well. I don't know why. The podcast shout outs are the thing that trips me up every time I do them. And I was doing so well. Shout out to The Last Airbender, that show that Louis Dangor does not know what, what it is. <laughs> course he doesn't um thank you all so much to our 25 dollar and a month or more pledge hammers you all rule right let's get into the rest of your hyper chats here josh hood said darkest timeline Lily turns heel on Alexa Bliss and joins forces with Reginald to become the new women's tag champs. Hey, Reginald I, did a flip on this show. I didn't mention it at the time, but I thought there was at least a slight chance that the person she has eyes for is Reginald. <gasps> I didn't. He was there, wasn't he? Yep. He was at oh. ringside. That really is the darkest timeline. That, that is dark timeline. Javier Onante says, poor Tempest having to watch Roar again. Love catching this and Fightful streams because F watching this show. Also, why did Pierce make the rear Asuka match and not Sonya, the heel who was probably working with Charlotte against her opponents? Wasn't it Sonya that made the match and Pierce just told them? But I'm pretty sure it was Sonya that was backstage and then she was the one who told them about the match. I know Sonya had a backstage segment with Charlotte on the show. I don't think there was any audio to it, but I don't know. No, if, no. If... Yeah, I've got it in my notes here. Sonya is texting. Asker and Rhea walk in from different angles, mm. despite this room only having one door. Sonya <laughs> says they're going to have a one-on-one -on -one match. They both say they're going to win. Okay. Very well put. Good. <laughs> uh, Jack Nichols, every week that we uh, Raw is rubbish, I'm going to drop you a fiver. This week was boring. On a happier note, I've binged one or two seasons of Under Consultation and I'm loving it. FWWE and Activision Blizzard's Blizzard is. Uh, 
try that again. FWWE and their Activision Blizzard business tactics. Ooh, amen. That is amen to that. Absolutely. <laughs> also, thank thank you so much for checking out my podcast. Thanks. Under consultation. If you are, if you like Games Master, a TV show from the early nineties, and you want to hear me talk about it, actually, really, I should pitch it. Like, if you want to hear me and my friend Ash talk about video games from the early nineties and TV from the early nineties, check out the podcast. We have a grand old time doing it. Yeah. Um, Dn Treen says, after watching a three-year-long emotional abuse relationship last year, I've promised myself not to get involved with the same thing again. And yet here I am involved in the same thing with Raw. I know it's bad, but I cannot stay away from it. Listen, you can stay away from it. I promise you, go on a walk on a Monday night. You'll forget about it. It won't be on. Don't check Twitter and then do the same thing the next week. And then your habit is broken. You don't need to watch this show. We do because we have to review it. We review it so you don't have to. Oh man, I'm I'm watching this show now more out of like it's my job, and I'm also doing it out of stubbornness because Sean thinks that they're going to be the last team standing that reviews Raw on a weekly <laughs> basis, and I'm like, it's down to me, it's down to me and Ollie, Sean and Denise, and Stephen Larson, and I'll be damned if I'm beaten by either of those. I will be the last man standing in reviewing this show. Judas Messias said, Raw sucked like it always does. But, uh, that isn't what this Ultra Chat is about. It's about you guys enjoying this crappy arcade bro thing. Orton feuded with The Fiend for months, Winter Mania, and the reward is a stupid tag team with Riddle. Orton deserves better. No, Judas, no. Orton's getting what he wants. This is what Orton wants to be doing. Orton didn't want to be doing that feud with The Fiend. He wants to be doing this, and he's enjoying doing this. So you're like, you think he deserves better? He, he's got happiness. And like that's yeah. a good thing right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you base. I seem to remember Judas Macias having a similar opinion on SmackDown that made me go, <laughs> what? So <laughs> I don't know what that means. But hey, man, RKO is Brit. Ar- fuck. RK oh. bro. Sorry, RK bro is great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Portuguese Mr. Davis. Hey, boys, I thought this uh, was your average Raw, which means it was awful. Two notes about the show. Braun is going to totally F your boy up. On a positive note, at least we have RK Bro. Both Orton and Riddle play their roles really well. Uh, good recovery, Portuguese. Me, love you. He is recovering well. He actually is. Uh, we were speaking to him this morning. He managed to lay down and go to sleep. And like having like spent the last week sleeping sat up. So, oh, we sleeping well now. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, Jay Gupta said, can't be optimistic like Mr. Davis. Hated this show by listening to the review itself. Nothing good to say. Just here to appreciate you guys for putting up the amazing content. Love you guys. Thank you for entertaining us. Jam that jam. I've Uh, tried very hard lately to be more positive on these shows and not just negative for the sake of negative. It's real hard watching this one. Matthew Robinson, why is Raw so much worse than SmackDown? I know it has Roman Reigns, but the writing teams can't be that different. That's the entire reason. That's the one reason it's an hour shorter and they have the best character in wrestling. That's it. We talked about it last week. If you take Roman Reigns off SmackDown, it's raw. Yeah, right? It's because it's the same show. Like, do you know who I don't need to see wrestle again? Biggie and Apollo Crews. Nia Jax and Tamina. I don't need to see them. Like, when I like watch the clips back of SmackDown and I watch SmackDown, I'm like, man, this is the same show every single week. But this Roman Reigns stuff is so great. And it takes up a good hour of the show that I don't mind it as much because it's so exactly. good. Uh, Dom Lamona said, after Luke's recent reactions to Priest Ms. Morrison, I can't wait to see Luke's face when he gets to talk about yet another match in this feud, much like an Abe Simpson storyline. It seemingly never ends. Such was oh. the style at the time. 
<laughs> wore an onion on my belt. Um, <laughs> Rory Haggerty says, thanks for watching Raw so I don't have to. On the topic of things that make me not want to watch again, the doll is becoming a women's tag team champion, isn't it? Oh, Nate S here has got one that could trigger me. Nate S, just think in a year or two, Priest and Miz could be a random tag team against each other, and you can hear Michael Cole or someone yell about, remember the classic series of matches between these two? Oh, the history they have together. Don't like that. You know that. what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, no, totally, totally. Like, they're just, he's the new Daniel Bryan, and then we could, well, just pretend they've had a classic series. Matthew Robinson, do I have your attention, Eva? No. Why do they have the same segments? I bet they'll do this for three or four more weeks before we ever see her. Then she'll get two weeks of coming out looking hot. Then she'll be pushed for three weeks and be done by the pay-per-view. Yeah, probably. Uh, Tyler Woodward, uh, Jinder Mahal has go away, go away heat for me. I do not wish on anyone to be released, but he should have been released years ago. They released effing Samoa Joe, but kept Jinder. F this company, F Jinder, jam that jam. There's surely something about Jinder that, that the company like. And like, you know, he was getting heat when he was champion. So I think they could probably try and replicate some of that again. Whether it was good heat or not is up for debate. But yeah. I think a lot of people were just more angry at the company than they were at Jinder Mahal. He seems like a lovely fellow, you know? Like, I don't... <laughs> yeah. He's doing the best he can. I just You're don't a think Canadian. he's a... He is, yeah. We're, we're, we're similar in that sense. That's probably Making the only brothers. thing we have in common. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but I just don't... He's not a very good wrestler. And if I'm going to have to see someone do long matches and big storylines, I want them to be a good wrestler. Uh, Benny Boy said, Lucha Lit has been Lince's on and off catchphrase for a couple of years now. Well, I mean, he doesn't do promos on Raw, so I've never seen him say that. Rangers Mayhem said, I went to check out Raw last night, saw the women's tag division start the show and turned it right off. Uh, do you check out the two promos that Matt Jackson and Christopher Daniels cut on BTE for the match tomorrow? No, but I did hear that the term that should have been on Dynamite was used. And I think a well, few people was, have been like... I... That was the title of the, the episode. That should have been yeah. on Dynamite which has kind of been a running thing for a long time, especially yeah. with this SCU stuff where they did the whole angle and promo of we're going to break up. If we never win another match again, we're going to be tag champions again. That wasn't on dynamite and has been just mentioned in passing since. So yeah, should have been on dynamite. Uh, I'm going to hot tag over to you to, uh, to read these next batch. Okay. So Dean Brereton says uh, dream will debut as Blair Davenport. <laughs> the Miz card vortex is now so strong it's attracting half the roster to be lumberjacks. Six-year-old <laughs> me badly wanting a, tele a teleporting playground. This is just a lot of, of one-sentence thoughts. Bet Matt, bet Matt Hardy was gutted. Bliss to cause Flair to get pinned by Rhea for me. Uh, Matthew Robinson says, Hi, guys. Wanted to know what you guys think about Roman Reigns' new music. I mean, I've, I've given all of my thoughts on it. Gives a thumbs up for me. It rules. You can tell you can tell when they care because they spent like six months working on it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Rene thirty six says, "Where are Lee and Fiend? Just move them over to SmackDown. Lee is the Intercontinental in the Intercontinental Championship picture, potential match with Roman Reigns, and the Fiend needs good booking. Heyman wanted the Fiend back in two thousand nineteen. Maybe he can help rejuvenate him. Please. Sure. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what you do with the Fiend at this point." Like, he's just been gone. Like, you know, he had that I... one promo on the Raw after Mania, and then that is it. Alexa Bliss has moved on. Randy Orton's moved on. He got diddly dick out of that feud with Orton. Like, yeah. it is. I don't know, man. There, honestly, I don't think there's anything they can do with The Fiend that will make me 
excited and want to see it. I just, yeah. I don't like the character. I don't like the matches. I wish it would go away. Uh, da Train or the H train perhaps 24 says i love hearing you guys get angry over terrible booking friendly reminder the miz has two world titles gender has one and mr perfect roddy piper jake the snake have a combined zero have a great day fellas Thank i don't mind that. that honestly i don't mind it because not oh, everyone yeah. has to be the champion yeah that's that's the thing like their rules in the 80s and early 90s were not to be world champion you know mm. there were there were set roles for different guys and it wasn't to be Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan. And it's not the same way now where everyone like deserves a run with the title. You know, it's a different time. Uh, Pacer Dawn says Thunderdome report. Nikki Cross beats Naomi on main event. We are still cheering for Rhea. So yeah, she's still a what? face. Yeah, she... I did. I saw that. That was a report earlier today that uh, fans were told to cheer Rhea Ripley now in, on, on the Thunderdome screens. And the last I'd heard, they were told to boo her. So I, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a reason to cheer or boo Rhea Ripley. Like, she's just <laughs> kind of a person right now. Anyway. <laughs> um, and also, we can cheer for Shelton Benjamin. I can give you Thunderdome info each week. Just give me contact info. Uh, support then, at WrestleTalk.com. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically where you go for all your WrestleTalk needs. Uh, and then as far as other miscellaneous things here and there, Bazo Banks says Matt Hardy tweeted a gif of him and Jeff hugging on the ramp after Jeff won uh, the WWE title at Armageddon 2008. And I remember how much the match and moment made me cry. I bloody love Jeff. He was my childhood hero growing up, uh, growing up to see this hits me in the feels hard. This could have been oh, written yeah. by me. Oh, absolutely. Like, I cannot tell you, like, the amount of times that me and my friends, like, in the year 2000 in particular, because we all had long hair, and, like, like, and so we all had the same hair. We all were, like, dyeing it, and we all had, like, the... Basically, we we dressed like the Hardy Boys, and we would always, like, do the, the guns and everything. We were the biggest Hardy Boy marks. And, yeah, it kind of... It, it pains me a little bit now to sit here as a 35-year-old man being like, I don't care about Jeff Hardy. Did he have a match? Couldn't care less. Sometimes I think that we are just, like, the same person born 10 years <laughs> apart in different parts of the world. <laughs> uh, New Punk Rant says, I loved AEW Dark Elevation. So glad we have an actual good wrestling show on Mondays. Limelight versus Mox was a banger. The women's division is getting stronger, and it's not setting women's wrestling back 15 years like Raw. That Alexa stuff is an atrocity. Heard very good things about Moxley and Danny Limelight. I will have to check that out this week. Uh, Joseph Castro says, and this is more Wrestle Talk miscellaneous stuff, says, since we got Davis in the fedora, how much longer till we get Davis in the do-rag like Vince in 2007? <laughs> That's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, Jason Pereira says, hey, guys, love this duo. Thanks for everything, Luke. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Punk Rock Show 84 says, Luke and Tempest, my name is Cairo. Uh, and I am beyond grateful for what you two, as well as everyone else does at WrestleTalk. The endless hours, resilience, and dedication that you put into your content for the world is mind-blowing. Thank you. Jam that jam. Thank you. Thank you, dude. Thank Absolutely. Uh, Zakari Jenkins says, Luke, when you, get, when you got fired, I defended you, even started the Luke takeover movement. But for you to say Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is an okay game is blasphemy. It's a classic. <laughs> Still love you, but I got my eye on you. 
I knew as soon as I said that on the Friday show, I was like, oh, I don't think any of the 3D Sonic games have been good, particularly the ones on the Dreamcast. I knew I was going to get some heat for it. Yeah. I'm sorry, they, they weren't like he's a 2D character and works best in 2D games. It's like it is no secret that all of his best games have been in a 2D format, even Sonic Rush and Sonic Mania. Like that's where he's at his best. The only one of those games that I have been a fan of is Sonic Heroes. I think that yeah, game is a lovely little gem, but otherwise it's 2D all the way. Uh, Michael Rivera says, Luke, how jealous are you and Ollie about Pete and Tempest reviewing SmackDown? <laughs> Do you want to work Saturdays now? Uh, not particularly, but I am working this Saturday. I'm doing the SmackDown review this Saturday while Pete is off. Lucky you. You get to watch a good show. Uh, mm -hmm. Magic Mac Music says, any chance we get to see Tempest crashed, crushed flat nose? It's oh, red. look at it. Yeah. Oh. It, it gets pointed. It gets pointed up. It's not oh. not so not a good time. I'm close. I think I should have my new mask either this month or next. So mm. getting getting closer. Uh, Zachary T. Robinson says, hey, Team Tem Puke. Don't like that. <laughs> Please, someone think of a better name for the love of God. Not related to Raw, but do you know uh, who the contestants are for Quizzlemania this week? Sully said in his Instagram story that he's down to be uh, the Alan Davies. Uh, make him a regular, please. Yes, it has since been announced. We're having a handsome battle with Sean Ross Sapp, uh, Chris Van Vliet, uh, Sullivan Bordeaux, and SP3 of Wrestling Daily. Should be a lot of knowledge in that, and also Sullivan. Yeah, I was going to say, like, just to give Sullivan his full name, Sullivan Bo Brown. Thank yes. you very much. Um, yeah, we're super excited to have Sullivan back on uh, with SP3 and Chris Van Vliet. Really, really good lineup, actually, um, for Quizzlemania. So uh, enjoy that one, everyone. Uh, I Unfortunately, I, I mean, I'm going to be watching it because my wife absolutely loves Sullivan. So uh, he's I mean, going to get... He's so, he's so wonderful. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> Meet, meeting Sullivan was the highlight of my last Quizlemania experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Manny Omega says, guess who booked more cameos? This guy. Hey. Well, yeah. jam that jam. Yeet or be yeeted. That is his catchphrase. Yeah. Gotta, gotta love fans with catchphrases. Uh, the, the Zornies says, hello, guys. Hope you're doing well. Glad to see you again tomorrow. So two good shows this week for look. Uh, for look. For Luke this week. Fantasy booking. Whom do you want to have a match on Raw, regardless of any storylines, just for good wrestling? Uh, please do male and female. So I guess just anyone on the Raw roster that you think would make a good match. Which is difficult because I honestly I was thinking about this either last night or this morning. A lot of WWE's really good top in-ring workers are on SmackDown. Like it's yeah. wild. Oh, oh yeah, but you say that, but like you got Keith Lee and Don Donovan Dijakovic on Raw. Uh, like yeah. They could go out there and have a great match. That is exactly who I would pick. Like that is, yeah. it, it's right there for you. Yeah, you could do that. You could have AJ Styles face anybody. You know, yep, there's possibilities, much. but it seems like a lot of the guys on SmackDown are just like that's like the indie show. Where you got Cesaro and Seth Rollins, and at a time Daniel Bryan, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Anywho, uh, Charles Berg says uh, Raw review number three. Donut is a spunk. What am I reading here? Donut so, is okay, a Charles, spunky... Charles Berg does not like Charles Berg does not like watching Raw, so he sends us in reviews of dogs. Uh, I believe I've got oh, an image, but I'm so I, I need see. to actually download the image and load it in for you. One second, you read that while I'm doing this bit because it says paw review, and I thought that was just a typo. 
But okay, paw review number three. Donut is a spunky red-nosed pit bull with infinite energy. She loves to run and jump everywhere and has even knocked over a few couches. Goodness, that's a big dog. Nicknames, Go Nuts, Donut Job, and Donnie, Donnie Montana, Donnie Man, this Come is on, Tempest. Donnie Montana. I got there. I sent in the picture. Also, Shanky is worse than Spunk. And there he is. Aww. There is this week's dog. What a happy boy. <laughs> or, or girl. I my As soon as I read these things, they go out of my brain. What a happy looking girl. <laughs> what a struggle. Blake says, Eva Marie's voiceover promo reminds me of the crummy voice acting you get at the start of a Vixen video. You'd know better than I would. Maybe we can call Randy Andy Datsun to get a confirmation. Oh, it's on one that. of those things. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Reyes says, Real talk, I have insomnia and often stay up until 3 or 4 in the morning. I was watching Raw last night after a month away. I fell asleep at 9.15 p.m. Got a great night's sleep. Hey, there you go. Raw helps with insomnia. Maybe they can market that. Uh, the, Zor- the Zornese says, Tempest, will the new mask have the same pattern uh, or will I have to draw a new fan art? Um, I've got a couple different masks being made, one of which I believe will have the same design. Another one, we're working on a few different things just to see if we can change some stuff up. Uh, and Adam Dutch or Deitch uh, has just donated uh, seven euros, and that's fair. That's all of them, unless there's a, another message yep. coming, which I don't believe there is. Thank you all so much for all of your hyper chats. Thank you all so much for joining us on this epic long stream. This went way longer than it should have done, but uh, we very much appreciate every single person who has hung around and watched this show with us. Please do go and download GM Wrestling. It's so much fun. It's available on uh, pretty much all of the app stores as well. We've got links in the video description. Our moderators are putting links for you in the chat. Thank you so much for being this episode's sponsor. How was your weekend, bud? Um, largely uneventful, I would say. Just trying to finish up some work around the house, do a little bit of bits and bobs here and there. I've been trying to, I've, I'll like start a script for my next YouTube video, and about halfway through, just be like, ah, it's not coming out the way I want it. Maybe put that that topic on the on the back burner for a little while and try something different. I think mm-hmm. I've got something good going right now, but. See, the problem that I've got right now, Luke, is everybody, I've built up this reputation. So many of these people are like, oh, you got to talk about New Japan. You got to talk about this and that. You know so much about New New Japan. Japan. I am the the New New Japan Japan guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is that New Japan does not like when other people talk about New Japan and have historically taken down videos having to do with their promotion because copyright laws in, in Japan are just absurd so that's a little bit you know scary just kind of hanging over my head so Mm -hmm. i don't know that's been something that i've had to navigate a little bit while i'm while i'm working through topics i've been trying to pick out ones that i can do before getting into new japan stuff and then try and edit around actually using too much footage but i don't know we'll we'll see it's still up in the air and so that is your youtube channel that i believe was recommended by chris jericho it was yes good good personal friend of the channel chris jericho <laughs> yes because uh, i did um the first video in my uh greatest rivalry ever series is on chris jericho and Shawn michaels because this mm. was like the first rivalry that i ever watched in full basically uh when i started watching wrestling in 2008 
And it was just like, even then I knew I was watching something fantastic. It was just like a great story. But going back and looking at it in detail, having heard both sides of their story of how it came together and all the different little backstage notes, it's one of the best rivalries ever. And that's kind of why I chose it as like the first entry point for this series. And then it was retweeted by the lovely Chris Jericho. So what a nice little touch. I uh, I still haven't actually caught up with it yet. It's on like my, I've got like a several things on my to watch list on YouTube. So I will get to it eventually. But one of the things I was going to ask you, like, do you cover the argument that the punk shouldn't have had the title taken off of him? Because essentially they were like, well, this Jericho Michaels feed is so hot. It actually needs the world title. And this punk fella, he does not need the world title right now. So let's just take it off of him in a backstage segment and give it to Jericho Michaels. I don't really touch on the topic. Obviously, I cover their world title program and whatnot. And like, it's not like I completely ignore CM Punk from the story. But uh, I go into detail on a number of other kind of unrelated topics, whether it's just being like how to extend a feud without overdoing matches or how frankly Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio's rivalry involving an eye was just <laughs> atrocious you know and kind of mm-hmm. comparing the two and showing how WWE isn't very good at doing long-term storytelling these days um, but those are kind of like the topics that I went more into detail of whereas if it was if I just started talking about CM Punk and his first world title reign I would have just gone off on a tangent or just be like why would you put the belt on someone and then take your foot off the gas and not and blah 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 and this and that so I figured I will leave that for a future video where I will inevitably talk about CM Punk in great detail and that'll be a very large chapter of that Oh yeah, it's a big old video. Like I, because I did, is CM Punk actually good? That was a title of like that was an Ollie Davis suggestion of like well, you've got to do this in the first series, and that was like a man. How do you even approach this? Like this mm-hmm. is this is a big big subject, uh, and I think I did it okay. But there are parts of it when I look, I think back and I'm like, man, there was so much more I could have done. That could have been like a three part series. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's very good that you're doing the fiend next because I can make that script a lot shorter for you. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, yep. Yeah, I mean, I I've got there's a lot to dive into, but I've done, I've done yeah. all the star ratings. It's not looking good. Anywho, uh, we've got to really cut this one short, I am afraid, but we'll be back tomorrow with the NXT podcast. And I'm going to set aside a bit more time to chat with Tempest tomorrow. And it's on me that these have been shorter because I've had a bit, well, a bit much on my plate. But we're going to have a proper chat tomorrow, a proper podcast intro and outro. Uh, but that is all until tomorrow. We'll also have the backlash predictions as well. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.